today after Thanksgiving. I'm going to ask the ushers to come down. We're going to be looking at a whole bunch of verses in the Bible today. A lot of them will be on the screen, but, but we'd like for you to be able to track along in a Bible with us. If you don't have one, slip up your hand. We'll put it in your hands. You can also go on the Version Bible app, and uh, you can check us out there. All the notes are there. All the, the verses are there as well. If you're visiting with us today, we're certainly thrilled to have you uh, today. Uh, there's a card in the seats in front of you. Uh, we'd love for all of you to take a moment at some point here, fill those out, put down a praise, put down a prayer request, and uh, you'll put those in the baskets uh, later in the service. So we all just uh, celebrated Thanksgiving, right? H- how'd it go for you? Go okay? For, for most of you, some of you are like, uh, not, not so well. I, I hope a lot of you, or most of you, had a good time, you know, hanging with family, preparing, cooking, eating way too much, I would assume, you know, that was your plan. We talked about plans, eating way too much. Uh, I don't know what your favorite is. Uh, for me, it's always stuffing and gravy, you know, and, and that's just kind of the given. I could care less about the turkey. I can get meat any time of year, but, you know, it's that gravy. It's that stuffing. Uh, you might have watched uh, part of your day, watched the p- p- pathetic display of football that took place. Uh, maybe on Thanksgiving you are prepping for Black Friday and, and getting your strategy in line, or maybe you were already ready to go on Thursday, you know, 5 p.m. or whatever it was, so that you can start early. What was the day called? What was the day called? Thanksgiving. A lot of activity happened, right? Thanksgiving, a day set aside to be what? Thankful. The irony of it is, is I suspect there was very little Thanksgiving that took place on Thanksgiving. You think that's probably true? What's interesting is if you look in the Bible, you see that it's pretty clear that a Jesus follower is called to a life of Thanksgiving. So that even on a day like Thanksgiving, that would just be an extension of a life we've already been called to. Paul tells us in 1 Thessalonians, Thessalonians 5.18, excuse me, he says, give thanks in all circumstances. Then he tells us in Ephesians 5, sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, living with an an attitude of constant gratitude really is one of the distinguishing marks of Christians of disciples of Jesus. In fact, in Romans chapter 1, Paul gives us a little history about mankind's rebellion against God. If you've never read that chapter, I'd encourage you to do so. And in that chapter, he talks about the hardening of of hearts towards God. And in that chapter, he talks about a big part of that hardening of hearts was an ungrateful heart. Paul describes mankind in the early days like this. He says this, Romans 1.21, For although they knew God, they neither glorified Him as God nor gave thanks to Him. From one end of the Bible, we are called, we are commanded to be thankful. So today what I want to do is I want to look at a couple different ways in which you and I can purposefully express our thanks and our gratitude to God, not just once a year on Thanksgiving, not even during a Christmas season where, you know, Thanksgiving is kind of part of that spirit, but for you and I to have a lifestyle of thankfulness and gratitude towards our God. 
And I got to tell you, one of the reasons I think this is so important, and especially here at LifePoint, is because I've always wanted LifePoint to be, and I think by and large, we've seen that over the years, is that we're a people who are thankful to God, who live that out with the way we live our lives and our attitudes towards one another and towards God. And so God is calling us today to a lifestyle of gratitude, behaviors of gratitude. So let's just talk about a few of those this morning. I want to start off with one that that might surprise you a little bit. It's not one we talk about often here. But one of the ways that we can give thanks to God is by singing to Him and singing about Him. Psalm chapter 147 says, Sing out your thanks to the Lord. He's calling you and I, just sing it out to him. He wants us to sing thanks to God. Psalm 100 says, shout with joy to the Lord. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him, singing with joy. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us and we are his. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to his name and bless his name for the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever. You see in that entire psalm right there, you see that God ties in praise and He ties in thanksgiving and singing out to God and He ties them all together. Psalm 95 says, Let us come before Him with thanksgiving and extol Him with music and song. For the Lord is the great God, the great King above all gods. Singing and specifically singing our thanks, singing with an attitude of thanksgiving and gratitude, uh, singing and gratitude, it's all linked together. When you and I sing out our praise to God, when we come before Him with thanksgiving in our hearts and on our lips through song, you and I have an opportunity to know the presence of God, to sense the presence of God, to even feel the presence of God in our lives. Now, some of you thinking right now as we talk about this, as you listen to these verses in the Bible, your thought is, Pastor, you don't understand. I can't sing. Now, I'll be honest. I totally relate to that. I get it. I can't sing either. Well, the great news is the Bible covers you and I. The Bible says this in Psalm 98 and Psalm 100. It just says make a joyful noise. Okay, so we're good. We're covered. You could do that. People will ask me from time to time over the years, hey, pastor, you know, for me, the music's a little loud. Why why is the music so loud? Simple. I don't want to hear you. right? God does, but I don't, because you can't, I can't. So a lot of us, we're like that. We're in that situation, and God say, that's good. Just make a noise to me. God's good with that. You and I need to understand Christianity is a singing faith. Did you know that several of Paul's letters contain snippets of hymns from that first generation of Jesus' followers? You can go to, write these down, look them up. And when you look them up, these are hymns. Philippians 2, 1 Timothy 3, Colossians 1, Hebrews 1, 1 Timothy 2. Hopefully they all show up there. Go read them. Check those out. They're hymns. They're powerful proclamation of the early church's Christ-centered faith. I don't want you to miss it. Paul and Peter quoted songs in their letters to the churches. Think about that. 
You know, we're going to do something very similar this Christmas season, which we'll really kick off next week. And we're going to be looking at some famous Christmas carols and talking through the powerful messages in them. And as we tie them into the scripture, as we look at the Christmas story. And I got to tell you right now, you don't want to miss a single message this year. It's really a, a creative approach, or we're hoping a little bit of a creative approach in our worship of God through the Christmas season, tying in even what Peter and Paul were doing as they, as they took songs and they worked them in to the letters that they wrote as, and what we now have in our Bible. So Jesus' followers sing their thanks to God. They sing to jo- God in joyful praise. Now for those who are here who you might reason, you know, I, I don't really need the music part of church. I, you know, I'm here, Pastor, to come hear the message. I got to tell you, if maybe that's you or you know people like that, you're actually cheating yourself. Have you ever thought about that? You actually need impression through the message, without a doubt, but you also need expression through music. It's kind of that, you know, right brain, left brain thing. We need both of those in our life. And if we aren't involving ourselves in the corporate aspect of worshiping God through song, we're emotionally, more importantly, spiritually starving ourselves. And the truth is we're withholding adoration and praise to Almighty God. Singing is a critical part of our worship to our Heavenly Father. You see, our worship is not about us. Our worship is to Him. It's not about our likes, our preferences, or our moods, or our circumstances. Our worship is about Him, to Him, and for Him. Now, I want to do something here. I want to dip my toe into a sensitive subject for a moment. All right, it's, it's, it's the day after, you know, it's the weekend of Thanksgiving. We're heading into Christmas, and we're thinking about being thankful. And, and, and I was thinking about this for a second. I thought, no, nah, I don't want to bring this up. And I said, no, you know what? I think God wants us to bring it up this morning. Now, now there, are, there are people in churches, perhaps some of us here at LifePoint, who you're here during the singing. And, and I was thinking about this, and I was like, what about the people who, who are here, but they don't sing? They don't sing. They, they, they stand or sit or kneel or whatever, whatever the case may be. But the bottom line is, you know, maybe they're singing in their heart or something, but their lips and their vocal cords certainly aren't moving. Okay, and I was thinking about this, and here's what I was picturing. I was like, well, you know, everybody has their context, everybody has their story, and, and there's probably sincere reasons why, and that might even be some of you here this morning, and there's the, your sincere reasons why, and you sincerely believe whatever it is you believe and why you are or aren't. But then here's where my brain pictures, and this is just kind of Chris, you know, kind of the way I think, and I picture this, I picture heaven. And I picture us in heaven, and all of creation is there. This is, this, we're in heaven. We're, we're before the throne of God. And one person, maybe it's you, and, and, and they're standing, they're sitting, they're kneeling, they're on their knees, whatever your the- theological understanding you have. But that person isn't singing. And an angel comes up to them and says, Hey, we're all around the throne and we're all singing right now, but you're not singing. Hey, you got to sing. And you're like, yeah, yeah, well, the songs are a bit much, don't you think? <laughs> don't you think? I mean, Gabe, come on. Are you serious, Gabe? You like that sound that's going on right now? 
Gabe, I, I appreciate the tap on the shoulder, but don't you think the song's off a little theologically? I mean, I'm not dialed in. I mean, and by the way, Gabe, I'm singing and making music in my heart. I'm just waiting for the message for the day. Now, somehow, I just don't picture God being cool with that. Now, I bring this up and try to make light of it because I think it's a serious topic. And I think each of us in our own hearts need to realize and look that God, we are a part of a singing faith and God has called us to sing our gratefulness and our gratitude out to Him. And I would invite you and encourage you that, that part of that is the corporate body of Christ. We are going to be doing it in heaven. Why wouldn't we do it together on earth? Now, I heard recently about a psychologist's technique for those who come to him with depression. And uh, one of the first questions, you know, he does some introductory top conversation with them, but then when he kind of gets into the meat of it, the first main question he asks is he says this. He says, did you sing songs in your church this last Sunday? And if the person says no, he says, I want you to go home, and this next Sunday at church, I want you to sing all the songs. Well, that's all we have time for today. That'll be $130. We'll see you next week. Thanks for coming. Wait, 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 I got 48 more minutes. The psychologist's point is that praise emotionally renews us. It rejuvenates us. It helps us. It's about God, but we also benefit as well. I have discovered in my own life, have you? I've discovered that when I don't really feel like singing to God, that's when I need it the most. Have you figured that out yet? That, that when I don't feel like praising God, when I don't feel like singing out thanks to God, or I don't feel like giving thanks to God, when my heart is cold, when I'm uh, you know, under a burden, when I'm tired, when I'm fatigued, singing to God is the way to renewal and restoration and getting recharged. It's in those times that I need to thankfully praise God. We worship Him because He's worthy. But God somehow allows us to be encouraged and blessed also in the process. One of the key ways for you and I to express our thanks to God is pouring out our heart and soul and praising God and worshiping God through music, including the corporate church environment. This week I was uh, in the car quite a bit and, and uh, one of the things I was doing is, is uh, listening to some worship music and I, I love to listen to live worship and, and then I'd hear a song and just kind of like grab me and then I'd listen to the words and it grabbed me more and, and I was listening to a couple songs this week, the first time I had heard them and, and uh, so then I, I jumped on YouTube just, you know, because they were live worship albums and jumped on YouTube and man, I, I mean, that's when, I don't know about you, that's when I get goosebumps. As I just worship God, I'm watching these live albums and stadiums filled with people praising God and worshiping God and just making it all about Him. I want LifePoint to be a, a place, a people who make it all about Him. And when we come together, it isn't about us. It's about us worshiping Almighty God. Is there an amen to that one? I invite you to give thanks to God through praise 
And let's do that together on Sundays as well. Another way that you and I can give thanks to God is through prayer. The Bible says in Psalm 105, give thanks to God and pray to him. Philippians 4 says, do not be anxious. That word anxious is the same word as worry. Do not be anxious. Do not worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Present your request to God. I love how one translation puts it. It just says it this way. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. There you go. That's, it's that simple. Don't worry. Pray instead. The key to not worrying, the passage tells us, is to pray. Pray often. Pray about everything. In fact, when you start to worry, just start praying. You'll worry much less if you pray much more. The passage goes on. says, present your request to God. I love how the New Living Translation puts it. It just says, tell God what you need. Tell God what you need. He's our loving Father, and he tells us, be specific in our request. Don't just say, God bless my life. What does that even mean? I mean, what is that? Well, you know, it means it's a blessing. You don't even know what a blessing is. You know, it's kind of like, what is that? Be specific. And what is our attitude? What is our posture in prayer? What does the Philippians 4, 6 say? To do that with what? Thanksgiving. He says, be specific, but when you ask, and when you are specific, ask with thanksgiving. Ask with an attitude of gratitude. I, I want you to picture, for those of you who have kids, if your kids only make requests of you, and they're specific on it. It's Christmas time, so they're going to get real specific. If they only make requests, but if they never say thank you, how's that going to go over with you? You're like, well, I don't need them to say thank you. It's not about whether you need it or not. Who needs it? The child, right? They need to have that incorporated, that, that into their spirit, into their life. It's the same with us and God. God wants us to be specific. He wants us to ask. He's our loving Father. He wants us to bring our request to Him, pray about everything. But He just wants us to make sure we're doing it with a spirit, with a heart, with a soul, with an attitude of gratitude and thanksgiving. So I want to encourage you, just as you are specific in your request, let's just not, let's also be specific in our thanksgiving. We don't want to just say, hey God, thank you for everything, amen. You know, that, 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 that's a prayer of our children. Be specific in our thanks. I'd encourage you to write lists. Write it out. Put them on paper. God, here are 10 things today. Here are 10 things this week, this month I'm grateful for. I want to count my blessings. I feel like there's a song, you know, count, count your blessings, name them one by one. Be specific in your thankfulness. If you want to know the will of God for your life, he tells us in 1 Thessalonians, we looked at the first part of the verse at the beginning. He says, give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you. In Christ Jesus. You want to know the will of God? There it is. You give thanks. Give thanks in all circumstances. You might ask, but Pastor, how do I do that when there's bad things going on in my life? How can you do that? It's because of what you know. 
It's because of what I know. It's because you know that God sees it all. You know that God cares. You know that God knows your name. You know that God can help you. You know that he can give you his strength and give you his peace and give you his joy even in the midst of your darkest hours. And you know that he loves you. And you know that he is always with you. So cultivate a spirit of thankfulness through your prayers to God, even in the midst of trials, tragedies, and and hardship. Third way that you and I can give thanks to God is by giving to Him or giving an offering to Him. Now, we spent the last couple of weeks talking about how to be generous, so we're not going to go deep into this, but we didn't talk about one of the key ways to becoming generous, which is giving thanks to God. And in our giving thanks to God, we do it by giving to Him. Psalm 50 says it this way. It says, give an offering. Now, why do we do that? There's lots of reasons. What does the psalmist say? Give an offering. Why? To, to what? To show, show thanks to God. Give Him what you, have prom- what you promised. 2 Corinthians 9.11 says, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. See, the Bible says that thanks and giving go together. I'm sure you've seen that bumper sticker before that says, if you love Jesus, tithe, uh, any fool can honk, right? right? You, you, you've seen that bumper sticker before? God's wanting us to be generous people, and, and one of the ways we give thanks to him is giving him an offering. About 350 years ago or so, the, the pilgrims decided to set a day aside in the fall in which they, at which, that, and during that day, they would, they would give a thanksgiving gift to God. They would bring an offering to God. They would then share a banquet of joy and rejoice together in fellowship. Perhaps the, the, the pilgrims were thinking of Deuteronomy chapter 16. It tells us in Deuteronomy 16, here's what God says to the Israelites. He said, celebrate the festival of weeks to the Lord your God, by giving a free will offering into the, into, in proportion to the blessings the Lord your God has given you. And rejoice before the Lord your God. In other words, thanks and giving go together. Gratitude and giving are linked. Now as a side note to this, I, I read this uh, little study this week that said that the two healthiest emotions that you and I have? You wanna, what are our healthiest emotions? This study, that it, it seemed to be a scientific study, at least from what I could tell. It said that, je, that the two healthiest emotions are, are, are gratitude and generosity. Gratitude and giving. Psychiatrist Dr. Carl Menninger said this. He, he said money giving is a very good criterion of a person's mental health. Generous people are rarely mentally ill people. We're finding now, I mean, he lived quite, quite a long time ago and early in the 1900s and, and, and did a lot of studies, but medical studies are, are, are beginning to prove more and more that, that people who have an attitude of gratitude and a behavior of generosity, people who have those two characteristics are far more resistant to disease, getting ill, and they are just generally healthier people. I want to encourage you to build these two attitudes and behaviors simultaneously in your life. An attitude of gratitude and also a continuous behavior of generosity 
and building those together, giving thanks to God through your offerings. When you come to give your offering today, you're not giving to LifePoint, you're giving to God. And I want to encourage you every single time you do that, that that is a thank offering to God. That you are worshiping God in that moment. God, I give you thanks. And one of the ways I do that is I give a a financial gift to you. Finally, you and I can give thanks to God by sharing our story, by sharing our testimony. Isaiah chapter 12, verse 4 says this. It says, Thank the Lord. Praise His name. Tell the nations what He has done. Let them know how mighty He is. You see, God ties together a a thankful heart with a declaration of His goodness. You and I are, are called to tell people what God has done in our lives, to tell people how amazing the Lord is, and specifically, the easiest way to do it is you're telling people how great God is by sharing your own story, your own testimony. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 9 says this. It says, be very careful to never forget what you've seen God doing for you. May his miracles have a deep and permanent effect upon your lives. Tell your children and your grandchildren about the glorious miracles he did. Notice what it says. It says God wants you and I to what? He wants us to remember. He wants us to remember how he's worked in our lives. Don't forget. And the best way for you and I to not forget is for for us just to continually look for opportunities, for moments, for circumstances, to be praying about those moments and opportunities and circumstances where we can share how great the Lord is by what he's been doing in our own lives. A few weeks ago, uh, some friends of ours from LifePoint came, came up to us, and they lived down the street, and, and they had just been on this marriage retreat weekend. And, and they were so passionate about what God did through it. And they were so excited. I mean, they came to us, and, and, and you could just, there was oozing out, and, and they were begging, and they are like, you have to go. Chris and I, wait, hey, we're going to help you. We're going to get you there. You know, I'm going to have you talk to the pastor on Monday. We're going to get you off. I mean, they, they were just oozing out gratitude and thanks to God. And I was like, well, tell me about it, you know, because I kind of wanted the enthusiasm to back off a little bit. And, you know, so tell me about it. So they, they started telling about what had happened. And, and, of course, you know, the devil's trying to work there, and they almost bailed early on because of, you know, they kind of got into a little, as oftentimes happens in these kind of things, they almost they got into it a little bit early on, but God worked through it. And, and uh, they made it through the whole thing, and they were just loving the Lord, loving each other, and passionate about God's miracles in their lives. Well, he did a good job, and he's convinced me to meet with the pastor, by the way. So I'll be, I'll be doing that. But I actually do that gratefully because I said, hey, listen, I'll bring you up. That's something we'll give stage time to. Any time we want to talk about marriages and helping equip each other and encourage each other. But they're pumped. And I was thinking about this. Some of you might think, hey, I, I, Chris, a pastor, I, I, just, I don't have a story or a testimony that, that, that is that thrilling or that exciting, I would argue all day long that you haven't come to the point yet where you have fully embraced an attitude of gratitude, an attitude of thanksgiving to God in your life yet. 
Because once you and I get to that place where we are grateful to God, we will not be able to be quiet about His goodness and His grace because we'll start seeing it constantly because we'll have made a shift to being a person who's constantly grateful and thankful to what God's doing. And you will begin to see the mighty miracles of God that are happening in your life on a regular, daily basis once you shift to this attitude that we're talking about, which is not a day of thanksgiving, but an attitude, a lifestyle of gratitude and thanksgiving. By the way, an important part of that connection card in the seats in front of you, in fact, let's just do this right now. Will you do this? Will you reach into the seat in front of you, grab one of those cards? I'm just going to ask everybody to do it real quick. Just grab a card. Once you have it, everybody show it to you. I just want to make sure they're there because maybe they, okay, so we're good, right? Those cards, we've used those since day one. And on those cards, you can, you know, jot down a prayer request. We want you to do that. We encourage you to do that. We want to be praying for you. Be specific in your prayers as we've talked about. But what have we also always said? We want you to jot down a praise. Do you know what that has always been about? Do I need it? No. Does the staff need it? No. You know who needs it? You. To jot that down. To share your story of what you're thankful for. What you're grateful for today. This week of maybe what God's done in your life. You say, Pastor, I can't see anything. I can't see it. (laughs) You might want to jot that down as a prayer request. I need help with a grateful heart. Because I'm not seeing it. Because once we shift to attitudes of gratitude and we're able to jot down praises every single week, and we, will ha- we won't be able to stop talking about God's goodness. I want to encourage you every single week, take the time to do it. Now, i got to tell you, when you do that and when you take the time to share that and we get to read those, we get pretty pumped. We get pretty excited because we recognize you're seeing God's goodness in your life. And we just want to celebrate with you. We want to enjoy your joys and what's going on in your life. Why you jot it down? Because you don't want to forget. And this is almost like a discipline to help you, a built-in weekly discipline. All right, what am I thankful for this week? If you didn't do that list that we talked about earlier, this is the built-in discipline. Every one, at least once a week, we're giving you the opportunity to give your praise list, your grateful, thankful list. You're welcome. (laughs) By the way, when gratitude and thankfulness are at the very center of your life, your story, your testimony, actually ends up making a huge kingdom impact. Did you know that? One of my favorite Bible stories about this is found in Acts chapter 16. It's one of the coolest stories in the Bible to me, uh, at least from my opinion, Uh, starting in verse 22. It tells a story about Paul and Silas. And Paul and Silas were in the city of Philippi, and they were sharing the good news of Jesus with people. But some of the people in the crowd, they weren't thrilled with the message, and so they got stoned by the crowd, literally. I mean, we're talking with rocks type, okay, not modern day. They were left practically dead. And while they were practically dead, they were then thrown into prison. And at midnight, the Bible tells us, in that dark, damp jail, With their untreated wounds, the Bible tells us that Paul and Silas started thanking God. They started singing songs. They started praising God. They started praying to God. Everything we're talking about this morning. 
And in the midst of that gratitude, the Bible tells us that God sends this miraculous earthquake and it shook that jail so violently that all the doors of the jail came off and their shackles fell to the ground. The jailer who was in charge saw this and and this jailer, he's responsible for the prisoners. And back then, they kind of had a different policy than we do today. Back then, the jailer's responsible. If a prisoner escapes, the punishment now goes upon the jailer except like 10 times worse. And so this jailer is thinking to himself, these guys get away, that's it, my life. I don't want to be punished and tortured and all that. So he's ready to kill himself. And then Paul and Silas turn to him and they're like, hey, hey, listen, hey, we haven't gone anywhere. We're still here. We're just here praising God and praising, hearing, and singing to God. We're here to, to give thanks to God. And the soldier's like, yeah, I know. I've been listening to you guys. What, what kind of prisoners are you anyways? Who's this God that you're so thankful for? And these prisoners who were physically suffering had been giving thanks to God. And now they have this opportunity to share their story, their testimony. As a result of them sharing with the jailer, the Bible says that, that this jailer gave his life to Jesus. He became a Jesus follower. The Bible says that he then took Paul and Silas to his home and he treated their wounds. In the middle of the night, he woke up his family and says, hey, I want you guys to hear these guys' story and the God that they worship and they believe because I saw their faith in action and it's legit and it's real. And and in the midst of tragedy and trial and being beaten and, and stoned and left for dead but thrown into a prison, these guys were praising their God and singing and thanking their God. And he's like, I want my family listening. So they shared their story and their testimony with his family. They all believed that night. And they all got baptized. Listen, God wants to use your story to use your testimony to change not just your life, not just to be a blessing for us so we can read your praises and celebrate with you, God wants to use your testimony to change the lives of others. Both in the church and outside the church. One of the great blessings that I ask you to share your testimonies, your stories with me all the time. And I love to hear those because from time to time, some of them make their way in the sermon. I always leave names out because I don't want to distract from the message. But you hear stories from time to time that work in. And how often have you and I been encouraged and blessed because of somebody's story, of their attitude of gratitude and thankfulness? But how much more outside these walls when people hear about what God has done in your life and what you're thankful for and what you're grateful for, God uses that to grow His kingdom. Colossians 3.17 It tells us this. Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father. You see, I suspect there are some of you who are here this morning. And you're here this morning, and God wants to use your story. He wants to use your circumstances, even your difficulties, to make a difference for His kingdom. And you're here this morning and 
like Paul and Silas, you're in your own prison. You need to know God has a word for you. Thanksgiving has the power to set you free from the prison that you're in. And I don't know what your prison is. Maybe it's an emotional prison. Fear, anger, bitterness, guilt, worry. Maybe it's a financial prison and and you're you're in bondage and you think you're never going to get out of your mess. You're too far in debt. Maybe for you it's a relational prison. Some of you it might be a physical prison, mental or emotional health or something along those lines. Thanksgiving has the power to set you free. Thanksgiving has the power to set you free. And if you and I will start thanking God in our situation before it's finished, before it's resolved, before the problem is gone, if you and I will thank God in the situation, God sees it. And God knows what you're going through. And God will send you His power from heaven. And I don't know what that will look like for you, but he will, he will break the shackles in your life and in your heart. And He will set you free. And He will give you the opportunity to share your testimony. If, like Colossians 3 that we just read says, whatever you do, whatever you say, if you will just be a person, if I'll just be a person who gives thanks to God, in everything, for everything. Have a grateful heart. You see, God doesn't want Thanksgiving to be a day once a year. That isn't even a day of Thanksgiving anymore anyways, right? Let's just be real. God says, I want Thanksgiving to be a lifestyle. So it's God's will for you and I that we live a lifestyle, an attitude of gratitude and Thanksgiving. And we do that by singing our praises to God. We do that by giving thanks to God through our prayers. We give thanks to God through our giving. And we give thanks to God by sharing our story, our testimony about God's goodness in our life, even in the challenging situations. So I close with this. Of those four areas, which one this week, today, can you really zero in on? The Holy Spirit's speaking to you right now and talking to you, and, and you're hearing Him nudge in your heart, the nudge in your heart. And you know that today, this week, God is inviting you to commit to a lifestyle of gratitude and thankfulness. I'd encourage you to zero in on one of those as the Spirit leads you. Let's be grateful people. An attitude, a lifestyle of gratefulness and gratitude to God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Almighty God, my hope and my prayer is that we are people who just ooze out gratitude to you, who ooze out thankfulness. And God, out of that just flows grace and love to one another and to you. And God, that's my hope for life point. And so God, as your spirit has been working this morning, as you've been speaking to us, encouraging us and maybe even challenging us, even convicting us through your spirit, God, reveal to each one of us that area that we need to really zero in on this week with you. And God, as we talked about a few moments ago, we have an opportunity right now to give you thanks by giving you this offering. So we do that right now, God, worshiping you with gratitude in our hearts and giving you thanks by giving this offering. Use it for your glory and for your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen.